on the base where I, there was two gyms. There's a regular kind of like Globo gym, and there was like a multi-purpose gym. And we we went in there just to see what it was about because we we're actually on our way to the Globo gym. And we went in there, and uh, I think at the time there was like a um, they had mats down for like uh, jujitsu and combatives, and they also had like a little area for that they did like um, Zumba. And then the whole back side of it was a CrossFit gym. It had a rig. I think they had like 15 rowers, a bunch of salt bikes, and she was leading class there. And then my buddy's like, hey, this is CrossFit. And he was training to be in a, um, basically to do one of these exclusive, you know, uh, engineer, uh, like special forces type things. And he's like, oh, I want to do this because I want to get into, you know, great shape, uh, you know, functional fitness. And I was like, me, I was just more of a weight room running type guy. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I can do it with you. And then uh, we started doing it, and and yeah, it was it was weird. Right off the bat, you know, the military has its own community, but we had a community within that community. Even though all of us were from different backgrounds and different ranks, that was kind of thrown out the window once we're in a box. Um, our coaches were people that were lower ranking than me, but it was it felt normal. You know, it felt like I was back in the civilian world where you know no one was calling me sir, or I wasn't calling them sir, or they weren't saluting me or anything. We we're just you know, work out, and at the end, we'd sit around and just, you know, laugh and stuff like that, so. Um. Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer, and I am the Clydesdale CrossFitter. My friends, Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie, and I, we love the sport of CrossFit. We are 40-plus Masters athletes who just love to watch the sport and want to let you know what's going on all the way from the Open to the Sanctionals to the CrossFit Games. We also want to give you interviews with athletes, human interest stories, and things that will help you in your daily grind uh, as a CrossFit athlete. We also want to share our own struggles through our workouts, our nutrition plans, all the way to getting healthy and fit uh, for our family and friends. If you like what you hear, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, and please consider giving us a five-star rating. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. This is Scott Schweitzer, I am your host and the Clydesdale CrossFitter, and I have with me just Amy today. Just Amy. <laughs> Here uh, I am. Charlie's unable to get in, um, but uh, he's with us in spirit. Uh, so we're just going to talk about our training week over the last little bit, but it's awesome that Amy's back because last time she wasn't here and because she was somewhere fun. I was somewhere super fun. I got to go to Rome, Italy. So it was my first time going to Europe and I got to go with, um, meet my sisters there and go with my parents and, um, got to visit my niece that goes to boarding school there. So it was a fun little like original family reunion type trip. The pictures looked amazing. So it was 60 degrees and not a cloud in the sky every single day that we were there. And you got to go to the Coliseum? Yep. We got where to the go original there. CrossFitters battled it out? <laughs> That's right. The original gladiators <laughs> were there. Um, got to see the um, Circus Maximus where they did the chariot races. Um, saw Vatican City. Saw the Forum. Um, Palestine Hill. The Pantheon, um, I saw lots of red wine. Lots. 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 So this is something super cool for me that, you know, they don't really serve wine by the glass. 
<laughs> so they're like, why would you just get a glass of wine? You get the bottle here. And so not, oh, okay. not the box. No. Yeah. They didn't have the <laughs> box there. I had to, you know, but, but, uh, Scott went in Rome, <laughs> went in Rome. Went in Rome. <laughs> so, uh, but that was really, uh, fun. And you know, the food was, was amazing. So, you know, I typically, I don't eat a lot of pasta. You know, I certainly will eat pizza, um, a couple you know, times a month, but having the pasta there is just completely different from having, you know, pasta out of a box here. It is like so fresh and, and light, like it doesn't feel super heavy, um, after you eat it. So it was fantastic and got to learn how to make homemade pasta ourselves. So I understand that Rome is a, a walking city. Yes. So you got a lot of fitness in just being a tourist. Yeah. But in addition to that. Yes. So, well, about that, though, about the walking around. So with the thing that I came back with, I was really sore on my shins. And I was like, why are my shins so sore? And I think it was from just walking on all the cobblestones all over the streets. And my body just wasn't used to that. But I did drop in at a gym when I was in in Rome. It's called uh, CrossFit Tracy Avery. And, bless you. Yeah. Trace Davray, I think. I don't know. That's totally right. Somebody will probably correct me. Um, so my dad and I, who my dad's 74 and uh, came with me to drop in, um, dropped in and oh, we had just had. And, and just for those of you who don't know, her dad, Bob CrossFits, he, yes. he comes to our gym. He's an awesome dude. Uh, so yeah, this is not out of the ordinary right. that he does a drop This is in. not his first time CrossFit class, right? So, um, and he had it all set up. So we got to just kind of experiment what it was like. And it was neat because the coach uh, taught the class in Italian and in English. Um, so that was super cool. The whole place was outfitted by Rogue. And so for me, that just was, you know, I felt kind of um, giddy inside because, you know, I feel like, wow, th- here's this place that I literally live down the street from, from Rogue, and it's all the way here in Rome. Yeah. Uh, although, Scott, all of their plates were um, in kilos. <laughs> <laughs> and I made a few mistakes on some of my lifts. Uh, I picked up some one something we were working on some overhead squats and I thought this looks like a, a, a 15 pound plate I'll put that on and then I started to lift it and I was like that's not a 15 pound plate <laughs> so that was tricky um and then I dropped back in the next day too and had a, a different coach and had a different experience there all it, these were great positive experiences um this particular coach then was the owner and she has her level three and as a part of the CrossFit seminar staff. So it was just a great experience getting some coaching, um, in a different place. And so that's awesome. Uh, so was there anything else that you did during your training week? Cause you, you've been back now a week ish. Yeah. So I did a few things, you know, uh, in our apartment that we stayed. So I did a few like Tabata things when I was gone in Rome and then other than just walking and then the two drop-ins, I did use it as a vacation. Um, and then coming home, you know, I got home late Saturday night and I was back in the gym here on Sunday. So I just wanted to get moving, get back to my routine. Um, so I hit this week with Sunday, Monday, um, and Tuesday took off Wednesday, um, and then was back at it today. So, um, you know, I gave myself a little bit of grace the first two days, just kind of getting, um, used to 
this time zone again and then I'm um, feeling pretty good so far this week. Awesome. So my training week uh, has been pretty good. Nutrition, I would put it in A+. Well, the only thing, the only bad thing I would say about my nutrition is I might have cut my calories too much. Oh, so you're um, not feeling like enough energy or? Yeah, yesterday especially, like I, the workout we did here at the gym was just oh. awful. It was 20 <laughs> in, in honor of your Italy trip. Right. <laughs> uh, and it was 20 of everything for a 20 minute AMRAP, wall balls, dumbbell snatches, uh, box, box jumps, jumps yeah. uh, dumbbell push presses and calories on the bike is what I did. Yeah. And it was awful. Uh, I just had no energy at all. Felt lethargic throughout the whole thing. Um, but my whoop strain was 12 plus, Ooh. which is, you know, for feeling really lethargic. That's really good. Yeah. That's awesome. I got that. So, um, today I did the triple three. <laughs> Which, so yeah, that's our activity challenge. So right now at the at our gym, where we are, uh, you know, started the year trying to get nutrition uh, back, whoops, nutrition back on gear, uh, or just kind of a nutrition reset. And so we've added some of these activity challenges in it. And so this week was, hey, the triple three. And if there's a goat for a Clydesdale, <laughs> it's everything in the triple three. Um, so we have an air runner here at the gym and. I spent the better part of an hour uh, on that uh, to yeah. get that three miles in. Um, but it, it was such a confidence boost yeah. uh, to be able just to finish it. Um, and I finished in, I think, 73 minutes. Yeah. Um, with an hour of that being the run, that's not bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it felt it felt pretty good. Um, and, and I'm really happy with them. I'm actually really kind of giddy right now that yeah. I actually finished it. So that's that's been awesome um the one thing i would say has been bad this week is my sleep i've got to get that kind of my recoveries are starting to drop on my whoop 3.0 and um and so that i mean i'm in the red today for recovery and i need to get some better sleep so speaking of that so i looked at my whoop this morning so i had a terrible night's sleep like i was waking up every you know, hour because I had this fear. I wasn't going to wake up to coach my class this morning. So I would wake up and, and look at the, the alarm clock. And my whoop actually recorded that my sleep was very efficient. Uh, re even regardless, I, I didn't get enough of it, but, uh, but the sleep that I did have was, was really efficient. And I was like, that's great. It's efficient, but I'm not feeling very efficient today. <laughs> right. So I, I, I really do love the whoop because it does kind of give you a sense as to what, you know, how you like, I knew last night I was not sleeping well, mm -hmm. um, but it, it verified that for me. And then my recovery was at like 20 some percent. So yeah, I, I need to get that back up. Um, but we, um, for the audience, we have said that big things are coming with the podcast and we have done a lot of interviews this week. Uh, it's been a lot of work for the Clydesdale here yeah, and a lot of editing going on at night. Maybe why your recovery isn't going so well. <laughs> might be. Yeah. Um, you know, not to compare myself to the buttery bros, but they talk about every time that they have to go in the bay and edit, you know, they, mm -hmm. they lose sleep and their recovery goes down. I'm kind of feeling that this week because yeah. we have kind of overbooked ourselves a little bit this week, uh, this yeah. week, but but that's all for you guys to hear what's coming um, next. And so that's going to be awesome. So with that, we actually have a recorded interview that we're going to uh, insert here. That's one I did last Sunday, uh, and it is with Patrick Allen Clark. He is a staff writer for The Morning Chalk Up. 
Um, and I actually have known him for a long time. We judged together at the 2018 uh, regionals in, in the central region. Um, he has a quite a cool little past, um, and I think you're going to enjoy it. So at this time, we're going to flip it over to that interview. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Patrick, how you doing? Doing good. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, I just want to uh, take some time to learn about how you um, have went from being a volunteer in CrossFit and your other endeavors even prior to that, all the way to being a staff writer with the Morning Chalk Up. And so um, as I looked at your, well, first of all, you and I met at the 2018 Central Regional. Uh, mm -hmm. We were on the same judging team uh, during that regional. And so how, how long had you been a judge at that point? Uh, up to that point, I'd only judged for one year. My first year as a judge was the 2017, uh, 2017 Central Regional in Nashville the year prior. And then um, immediately after that, um, Noah, um, who was our team leader at uh, the 2018 regional. He was my first uh, team leader as a judge um, in 2017. He uh, encouraged me and a couple other the new rookie judges to apply for um, judging at the games. So, you know, I didn't really think anything of it. I figured miles well. So I did it and uh, ended up being a, a games judge that year in the age groups. And uh, it was a great experience and it made me want to, judge more so that led you know the following year uh judging at the 2018 central regional and then it encouraged me to also judge at the atlantic regional that year and then also the games until we got into the current format with the sanctionals so when the sanctionals came so you did the games both in 17 and 18 uh, 17 18 and then 2019 as well where i was kind of doing double duty i was a uh, I was a photographer for the morning chalk up while at the same time I was judging as well. So it was, it was hard to balance the two. Yeah. I know that was your kind of your transitional year. Um, so yes. in 18, did you do age groups again or were you judging other things? Um, in 2018, it was just, uh, the central Atlantic regional and then the games. And then, um, and then when they transitioned to sanctionals, that's when I started judging a little bit more, a couple more events than, um, than typical because that was the one good thing. Well, I guess from a judging aspect, it was kind of a good thing because the only opportunity you really got to judge at that high level was the regionals and then the games. But with the introduction of sanctionals and it almost being like a, a full season, especially, well, it is a full season now, but last year it kind of being a transitional year where it was only 14, 15 re, uh, sanctionals. It spread a lot of, um, um, opportunities to judge across a calendar year so i was able to judge uh, i believe five sanctionals including being a head judge at uh, the asia crossfit championships yeah I, I thought i saw like on your on your uh your facebook and instagram that you had judged the asian crossfit championships that had to be quite an experience going all the way to china it, it really was and, it, and in a lot of ways it kind of like gave me the opportunity where I have now with the morning chalk up because um, just like for judges, um, there was, it was a transitional year for people across the board in CrossFit, whether it be um, especially people who are directly involved with the games, um, like the people at H HQ, because, you know, a year ago um, they had those major layoffs and the major layoffs at CrossFit HQ, it, it, it profoundly affected the media section. So you, essentially had a lot of people who were, you know, we 
kind of grew into or expect like media content from that they're no longer there and those people didn't have any employment anymore so i ran in you know a run run into people like rory mckernan um you know tommy marquez you know heber and uh mars you know th- th- a lot of those guys they were just they didn't have they didn't know what their next step was that this was something where they thought they were going to be at crossfit you know forever and um what you found is a lot of those guys were they're they're being independent contractors. A lot of these sanctionals were picking them up because they they knew they had the media savvy and these names. And I was lucky enough when I was in China, uh, Tommy and Rory were still there or were there as well, as well as some other uh, past um, games and uh, headquarter um, employees, uh, part of the media team that they gathered there. And um, you know, I got to sit down and meet them because. We're, there weren't that many Americans there, and we were all kind of staying in the same hotel, so we all kind of went out to dinner and conversed amongst each other and, you know, just hearing what, how they were transitioning and, you know, how I was transitioning as a volunteer and trying to get to their level. It was um, – I was able to network, per se. And, and um, I, I believe you even made appearances in uh, YouTube vlogs. Um, yeah, um, yeah. In Rory's, I believe, he, you appeared in that, didn't you? Yeah, well, um, Rory, uh, you know, um, I was, I was one of only. Actually, I was the only person that traveled from um, the United States. There, we had some other uh, people uh, from the United States, but they were living in China, so it was really no. Uh, one of them, Erwin, he was actually living in Shanghai, um, and, and there was a couple other people um, with like backgrounds. Sunny who's from the Philippines, but she judges a lot of uh, events and she's a really good judge. And Mikey there, she's also from the Philippines. They're there as well. And they served as a uh, uh, head judges with me, but I was the only one. I think I traveled the furthest distance from the United States. And then it'd be like a altogether 18 hour flight um, from St. Louis to Shanghai. But um, that was the cool thing about it because they were able to gather so many people from so many different, so many different places with so many levels of experience because um, ultimately there wasn't that many, I think there was like three or four of us that had regional experience. Everyone else was brand new first time judging, uh, an sanctional. So we kind of set the tone and kind of, it was also like teaching them what we learned from, you know, judges that, um, showed us how to judge. So would you, so you've been around f- for that little bit there that the, especially the transition, would you say mm-hmm. you like the new season the way it is with the sanctional format, or did you like the older way with the with the regional format? I think I'm I'm kind of like I follow along the lines of most people. Um, they were very um, when they first announced all that that they're getting rid of the regionals and you know going to this new format. Um, a lot of us were just you know we weren't weren't fans of it because we didn't we didn't embrace that change. Um, we felt like at 2018, especially the way regionals had um, grown into and how it blended into the games, how um, it was, it was perfect. I think a lot of us felt that way. And then, and then this, this monkey wrench was thrown into the equation and, you know, it just completely, completely shattered it. So it left a lot of, not only just volunteers, but, you know, people that made their living off of CrossFit, it kind of, they didn't know what was going on. But um, as I was able to see how it unfolded, from volunteering at these sanctionals last year and seeing the end result um, at the games last year and where ultimately I think the whole point of the games and the sanctionals and regionals is to crown the fittest person on earth. 
And I think at the end of the day, it did. Obviously, it did. Um, I mean, no one's going to argue that Matt Frazier or Tia Clear were not the fittest people on earth last year. Um, and those are the people that sit at the top, the top of the podium. So in terms of what sanctionals did, I think it did. It, it served the same purpose as the regionals. It, it literally did, and it just gave more opportunities. It made this. It, it gives a sport a more worldwide base, um, and other opportunities that people normally couldn't have it. So, uh, I guess to answer your question, um, I, I wasn't a fan at first, but as I got to see it and see how it unfolded into what it is now, where now we're in the midst of a full season, uh, it's essentially like a a, a, a a real sport where it has its seasons, and um, and I think it's it's given athletes as well as volunteers and people who make a living off the sport more opportunities to uh, thrive. Yeah, I um, I'm kind of in your camp where when it first came out. I- the volunteers are such a tight knit group. You know, mm-hmm. we, we volunteer year after year after year and that becomes like, you know, your, your away time with your buddies. Um, yes. And I think that a lot of us lamented that that may be going away. And when in fact, um, you know, you and I hooked up again at the, at the mayhem classic, you know, I hadn't seen you in a while and, and we saw each mm-hmm. other there. I got to see a lot of the, the other judges that I worked with uh, at the Central Regional, uh, pl- plus many other people that I'd volunteered with over the years. So it's, it's just kind of transformed. And I don't think at, at the time there wasn't a lot of communication from HQ. So we didn't know yes. where it was going to go. Um, and I think it's landed um, in a pretty good spot. But I'm with you. Initially, oh, I-, I was I was devastated. Oh, I totally agree, and I think I think I think especially from the volunteer aspect, and I'm not I like I can only speak from the volunteer aspect, not from someone who's making a living off the of CrossFit. Um, I, I mean, I do now, but you know, at the time, it's like, you know, I, I was kind of heartbroken because I was like, oh man, we had such a good time at regionals. That was a time, you know, at least once a year, we knew we're getting together and having a good time. But you know, it's it's given the volunteers like. You know, you, you've seen the tight-knit group. I mean, you saw how they all conveyed into Cookville for the main classic, but that's no, that's how it's been. I mean, we have Wadapalooza in two uh, in two weeks. Um, I won't be there, unfortunately, but, you know, a lot of those judges are and volunteers are going to be there. And it's um, it's also afforded a lot of those volunteers. Like, I was lucky enough that I, was, I, went, to, I went to Asia. And being of Chinese heritage, um, I've never been to, you know, my mom's home country. So I was given that opportunity. That's something CrossFit did, you know. Um, otherwise, I mean, I never thought I would do something like that. And then you talk to someone like uh, some of the other um, groups, uh, judges, and some of the people in the judging community. Um, we had a big group that went to Dublin for the Filthy 150. And they, you know, these are opportunities they wouldn't have with the old format um, with regionals. And, you know, you're seeing my, my – one of my favorite volunteers and it's a guy who's put a lot of mileage is uh, Stefan. Uh, he's from France. And I swear that guy, I think he probably did nine sanctionals last year. And wow. he, he traveled all over. He was at rogue. He was at Waterpalooza. Um, he was at the games. He was, he was all over. He did Dubai. I think he, you know, he was all over the place and, you know, for him to out of his own pocket to do all that, it just shows a level of commitment. Um, from from the judges and the volunteer group, and you know that's hoping. And me being on the other end of that, I'm hoping maybe I can give more of a voice for that and kind of make show, tell some of these stories and some of the uh, sacrifices that some of these judges and volunteers make to to make 
CrossFit what it is because you hear it all the time, especially whenever you see the videos or at the end of an event, they said, you know, these events aren't possible without our judges and volunteers. It's true. It's definitely true. And um, I think it's it's about time that some of those some of those stories come out and some of those voices are heard. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, at the game, it's a team of what, six, seven, eight hundred volunteers that pull put that mm-hmm. on. Um, I and mean, that's a yep. lot of people. And my friend, my friend, Mike, who I travel with a lot to these different things, you know, he was lead of security for a couple years in the central regional. Mm-hmm. Um, he got contracted by a framework to work Wadapalooza. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and, and honestly, it's, it's a better gig. Uh, they're compensating him for his trip and, you know, mm-hmm. that stuff when they, when we were just volunteers didn't happen. And so yeah. that's, that's pretty awesome that you're, in this new format, we have these opportunities. So yeah, it's yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a per- another good example is uh, Jake Mazel. He started off as a judge, and um, you know, he got caught. Con- and then he's at the last regional, I think the South Regional. He was brought in to run the um, um, basically the um, the equipment crew. And this past year, he signed a contract with Loud and Live, and that's he's basically going to be doing that at Waterpalooza and West Coast Challenge and. Uh, I don't know what other events he's going to do, but those are the two I know for sure. But, you know, he's he's ecstatic about it. Yeah. And, um, it's awesome seeing that. And so, so I so back at the beginning, what what got you involved in CrossFit? Did you start out just well, as a fitness thing or the volunteer thing? It actually, it actually started off. Um, I was deployed at Kuwait at the time. Uh, me and when we call them battle buddies, it's usually our partner or someone that we're pretty much just. You know, they don't, we don't leave our side. So you're lucky if you found, find someone that you get along with. So it was me and this other uh, captain. I was a lieutenant at the time. And we we're, it was his deployment. It was my second deployment. We're in Kuwait. And we'll, we're walking around. And uh, we saw this one uh, female walking across. And, you know, we're all in uniform. And she's wearing, you know, um, you know leggings and, you know, a crop top. And she's walking. And she caught our eye, obviously. You know, you don't see stuff like that in the middle of the desert. And we're like, who is that? And she was built and just athletic and everything so we saw her go into there's in kuwait on the base where there was two gyms there's a regular kind of like globo gym and there was like a multi-purpose gym and we we went in there just to see what it was about because we we're actually on our way to the globo gym and we went in there and uh, i think at the time there was like a um, they had mats down for like uh jiu-jitsu and combatives and they also had like a little area for that they did like um zumba and then the whole back side of it was a crossfit gym it had a rig I think they had like 15 rowers, a bunch of salt bikes, and she was leading class there. And then my buddy's like, hey, this is CrossFit. And he was training to be in a, um, basically to do one of these exclusive, you know, uh, engineer, uh, like special forces type things. And he's like, oh, I want to do this because I want to get into, you know, great shape, uh, you know, functional fitness. And I was like, me, I was just more of a weight room running type guy. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I can do it with you. And then uh, we started doing it, and and yeah, it was it was weird. Right off the bat, you know, the military has its own community, but we had a community within that community. Even though all of us were from different backgrounds and different ranks, that was kind of thrown out the window once we're in a box. Um, our coaches were people that were lower ranking than me, but it was it felt normal. You know, it felt like I was back in the civilian world where you know no one was calling me sir, or I wasn't calling them sir, or they weren't saluting me or anything. We we're just you know, work out. And at the end, we'd sit around and just, you know, laugh and stuff like that. So, um, 
And right around that time, they were able to get an L1 seminar um, class there. So um, I, I took that. And and then um, Courtney, she was the, the person that we that caught our eye while we we're walking across uh, to the gym. She was our she was running the class. She uh, made it to the Asia, I think Asia regional at the time. Uh, it was in Korea, and so that's how I got introduced to the games and its format. And then she didn't make it to the games, but we all sat around and watched the games there in the gym every night, and we we're talking about judging. And we all kind of made a promise, like, hey you know, what we should do is we all get back. We should all volunteer and judge. And at the time, the games was in California. And we all kind of like, hey, that'll be a, a good vacation. We all meet up in California, judge, you know, and have a good time. And and um, unfortunately, I think um, myself and Courtney, she ended up not only competing at the regional, but she judged the regional too. But uh, we're the only ones that actually kind of stuck to that plan. But that's how I kind of got introduced to it. So your military career, did it start active duty? Now I've been uh, this summer will be 26 years in the military. Uh, I've all I've been in the Illinois National Guard for 26 years. There was a little bit of a pit stop in um, Connecticut. I worked at ESPN at their worldwide headquarters for a couple of years, or actually one year. So I transferred over to the Connecticut Guard, but then um, I had an opportunity back here in the Midwest, so I moved back and yeah, I've been in the Illinois in the National Guard for 26 years. So wait, wait, you worked for ESPN for a year? Yes, yes. I, you, you just slid that in like it was nothing? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I've, you know, it, it's funny. It's like I love that time at ESPN, um, but it was probably the hardest I w- ever worked. Um, where I worked, my job was um, I just got done with my internship at Mizzou, uh, University of Missouri, in their sports information department. It's basically their PR department for older athletics. And um, I needed a job. And my boss at the time, Chad, he was the assistant AD for communications. He said, hey, ESPN contacted me, asked me if we had anyone that might be interested in a position they had. And what it was is for uh, college game day, college football game day, they needed a researcher. So it was someone that knew football not only football, but like can keep stats and create stats and, you know, figure out some of these obscure stats that, you know, that most people normally wouldn't think of. And Chad um, thought I would be a perfect fit for that. So I applied for it. I got it and moved to Connecticut and right there in Bristol, Connecticut. And I, yeah, I did that. It was, it was great. Um, um, Like I said, I made a lot of great friends there. One of my best friends, he, he, uh, we both started the same day at the same time, and he made it up pretty high in the va- ranks. He made it, I think, up the VP at ESPN before he left. But um, um, it was really hard work. We're, we're, we're talking like 80-hour weeks, and um, um, you know, it was it was it was it was hard work, like I said. But I met great people and was able to make a lot of connections. Again, almost like CrossFit, where you kind of networking and. Um, yeah. yeah, it was kind of a little pit stop. It was kind of a little pit stop. But, yeah, a lot of people think me working at ESPN, they're like, oh, that's a big deal. And I'm like, well, it is kind of a big deal when I look back at it. But at the time, I didn't really think much of it. All right, so back on your military time, when you when you were stationed, you said that it was like when you were in a box, there were no ranks. There, were, You know, and we feel that like as, as just ordinary citizens when you go into a box that, you know, depending on no race, nationality, religion, mm-hmm. whatever, all that's out the window. You're just, everybody's trying to survive the wad together. 
Mm-hmm. And and it's cool that that happened in the military as well with the ranks and all that kind of stuff. You felt that same sense of community? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's what made me fall in love across it because me not being a, an active duty soldier, like my, I'm only being a reservist and National Guardsman, I, I, I say play Army, but it's not really play Army. But I, I sold in one week, uh, one week in a month, two weeks out of summers when I put on that uniform and and it's full-time go military. Now, granted, a lot of everything I've learned over the last 26 years and being raised as a military brat, um, it's kind of embedded in me. And we always say it's like, you you know, you don't put on – the military is a part of you 24 hours a day. It, it actually is. My values, my morals, it all comes from that. Um, but um, but one reason why I didn't I wanted, I wanted to join the reserves and not that active duty is because I wanted to experience, you know – civilian like you know the the certain freedoms that the freedoms that i fight for i want to enjoy them because on the on the military side active duty side you necessarily don't get to enjoy a lot of those freedoms um you know you're you you know you you it's ran a little different than like corporate america or a regular job you have a range system you have you know you can only you know you have to sleep people you really can't do the, you know that's the kind of stuff doesn't happen in the civilian world um so it was it's it's interesting because when you get to a box, it felt normal. It felt like, hey, I felt like I was back. Well, I didn't know at the time how a regular box was, but I, I imagine that's what it felt, and it was true. Is that um, those relationships I built there, I have not been able to replicate since I've been back from that deployment. I've been to a, been a part of a lot of boxes and a lot of communities, and I'm still searching for that one uh, to get it back, and I probably never will. But uh, the closest I've felt is the one, the community I'm involved with now at CrossFit Gambit, and uh, I love it. But it's still not the same. But I think that's what makes every CrossFit box unique is um, is that you know the communities are always unique, anyways. So CrossFit Gambit, that's Kelly Jackson's gym. Correct. Yep. Okay. Kelly, she's uh, uh, she's awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate that I'm. You know, she's part of the L1, L2 seminar staff, former games athlete. You know, she is, she could, she could easily make it to the games the last two years if she, if she wanted to. Um, she isn't training for it, but even in this, you know, even though she's not training for it, she finished 60th in the open, <laughs> the worldwide open, I think. And she wasn't even training. All she does is she does the class workouts with us. Um, and she does maybe some accessory work you know, throughout the day, but yet she's still like the fittest person that I know personally. And yeah, it's awesome to have her, her level of coaching is amazing. I've never had a coach at her, you know, at that level. And it's, it's amazing. So my, my vivid memory of her is I work security, um, in the warm up area in the athlete village mm-hmm. and she yeah. would walk around back there with sunglasses on and just look totally <laughs> badass. Uh, warming up and getting ready for each event uh, at regionals. And so that that's just my memory of her. Um, and I always thought that was really cool. Yeah, she is. She is awesome. Um, you know, her nickname is the Tiny Beast, and she is that. I mean, she walks around. It's like she owns the room when she walks in, and that's that's the cool thing about her. Is like, especially lately, you know, getting to know her as, a, you know, as an instructor now that she's not competing anymore. She's teaching classes and um, – you know, her, 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 you know, she's just awesome. Her and her husband, Andrew, who both run the box, they've, they've really fostered a great community here in St. Louis. It's the best I've seen since, like I said, since I was deployed, but it's different. And, you know, 
they, they got great coaches, but to be coached by someone like her, um, I mean, she's constantly correcting me and she's constantly pushing me. Um, I've seen a, definitely an, you know, especially now that I'm older, I'm still setting PRs in some of these, um, uh, um, you know, um, some of these, uh, um, workouts because of her, uh, because she pushes us and her programming. And it's, it's awesome having some a community like that and someone with her expertise, her background, you know, I can't imagine anyone else that has that at their box, um, unless they have an L1, L2 former, you know, CrossFit games instructor there. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. So two, 2019 was kind of your transitional year. Um, you, you yeah. said you went and as a judge to the games again, but you also worked as mm-hmm. a photographer. Now I know you yeah. own a photography company. Did that come mm-hmm. out of you doing that at the games or was that prior to you getting there? Well, um, when I got back from my deployment in 2015, um, I didn't have a job. Um, actually I did. I had a job with, uh, at the time St. Louis had a, uh, a, a football team with the St. Louis Rams. And I actually got hired by this company that was outsourced to the NFL. And what we did is we um, kept the next generation stats. So those stats you see when you watch football, um, they, they, you know, some of those ridiculous stats were, you know, the athletes running at 17 miles per hour, miles per hour at, you know, or the impact equals this, how many pounds. Um, those were the type of stats that we came up with based off of um, some of the technology that um, innovative technology that we were putting inside the soldiers, uh, the, the um, football players' pads and the pylons and vice versa. Wow. But um, I didn't have any other, besides that, I didn't have another uh, job, so I was trying to find a job. But at the time, the, uh, the 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 girl I was dating at the time, she's like, well, you should, you know, you're a photographer, you should try to turn that into a business. And I didn't think anything of it. And um, I, was at, I was on campus at one of the universities, local universities here in town, um, visiting a friend, and he asked me, he's like, hey, our do you want to be our sports photographer or, or our other sports photographer? He retired and we need a photographer. So I was like, yeah, sure. And then um, I've kind of played with the idea for a while, as long as I've been working in sports, because I was also served as a photographer as well, that eventually I wanted to, you know, have my own business. And this, because I didn't have a job, I was like, this is the best opportunity. So I created a athlete's eye photography and, um, you know, the, that university, Southern Illinois University, Eversville, they hired me out. And then the following year, another university in St. Louis, they asked me to shoot for them. And then before I knew it, I was shooting for NCAA events, um, some professional events, anything that went through St. Louis, I was shooting at. And then, um, and then whenever, you know, St. Louis, a good, good thing about St. Louis, it's, it's four hours away from a lot of major city, cities like Kansas City, Chicago, Indianapolis, uh, Nashville, Memphis, Louisville, all those are within a four hour drive of St. Louis. So I found myself getting hired and going to those cities to shoot events for other schools. So that's, uh, that's kind of how athletes, I got created. And then, um, um, you know, being a CrossFitter, I'd show up at local comps and shoot some pictures there. And, and, um, some of these local comps started hiring me out to shoot them. And then, um, I take my camera wherever I went. I went to regionals when I, that first year in 2017, when I went, when I wasn't judging, I was shooting photos, you know, just for, you know, just for fun of it, because I wanted to learn more about shooting angles, you know, how to shoot indoors, how to shoot CrossFit. And, um, yeah, it kind of, kind of, kind of took off from that. 
And then um, it led me to an opportunity um, at the Mid-Atlantic to shoot for, um, um, to shoot there. And then um, some of my photography popped up on the morning chalk up and, you know, I reached out to them. And what was that conversation like? So um, there's a, a woman, um, Jessica Danger. She's uh, the, one of the um, one of the senior uh, editors for uh, the Morning Chalk Up. She um, she I forgot. She did an article on Chandler Smith, and she used a photo that I took from Rogue Invitational of Chandler, and um, there was no credit for it. So I just I sent her a message like, Hey, you know, I, I enjoyed the article. Hey, I was you know you know, the photo she got from Chandler and I asked her, is there a way you can credit me on that? She's like, Oh, no problem. No problem at all. And you know, before that she like emailed back, she's like, Hey, I corrected the story. You got photo credit. I'm like, that's awesome. Thanks. I appreciate that. And she's like, no, that's cool. She's like, you know, that's a really good photo. And, and then I kind of just asked her, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to be up at the games for judging. And I was wondering if you guys had a photographer, cause I knew that they were going to be there covering the sport because last year was the first year they opened it up to, outside media because CrossFit didn't have their own media team. And I asked her, I'm like, I'll shoot for free. You know, I'm going to be up there anyways. I would love to shoot. And she goes, yeah, definitely. So she put me in touch with Justin, um, you know, the founder of Morning Chalk Up. And he's like, yeah, we would love to have you. I was surprised that they didn't have a photographer. So when I got there, it was, you know, they were all set up. They had a studio and they're like, yeah, you know, here's your credentials. Um, you know, we love whatever you can get. So when I wasn't judging, I was shooting for them. So it was, it was awesome. It was, it was hard, but it was awesome. So how many, how many pictures that you took, did they end up using in the newsletter? Um, for the games, everything that I, everything that they used during the games, I, I pretty much shot. And um, yeah. <clears throat> and then any event that I can, that kind of transitioned to, me getting hired on by them is I, I told Justin when I was interviewing for the position that you're not just getting a writer, you're also getting athlete's eye photography. You're getting me as a photographer too, because that's obviously something I'm passionate about. And you got to see that firsthand at, um, down at, um, at the Mayhem Classic because I was there to write, but I was also shooting photos. So, you know, any story that you saw that came out of the Mayhem Classic on Morning Chalk Up, not only did I get um, story credit or I wrote the story or the recap, but the photo was actually the photo I took. So you very rarely see that in journalism where the photographer and writer are the same person, but that's one of the things I think I sold myself on to, um, sold myself to Justin toward, in terms of getting hiring at the morning chalk. Yeah. I think my half of my job as security there was just watching your camera equipment. And I appreciate that. <laughs> Greatly appreciate that. No, that was awesome because, um, you know, you saw how much running around I was doing. You know, I had to go back and help Nikki with interviewing an athlete. But then, you know, you, you saw how big some of those lenses could be. And, you know, right. it's just, it, you know, dealing with that many people. So I really appreciate, you know, you guys' help on that. Uh, you know, we joked about that, but that was awesome. I appreciate that. So when you when you went to the games and you shot the, the photos um, and they used a lot of those did that did that really get your foot in the door for the the next opportunity? Yeah, yeah, it was it was great because um I don't think many I think outside of Tommy uh, Marquez, I think everyone there they didn't really know my background. They just kind of saw me as a photographer, but in our we'd have at the end of each day at the games we'd have like a little powwow session. And um you know, 
Um, it was kind of like an open, hey, what storylines are out there? And I would throw ideas out there. I mean, I know I was just a photographer, but I'd throw some stories out there. And uh, we kind of we had a group, like a group chat of everyone from the Morning Chalk Up, and I was involved in that group. So I would start feeding them information. And I think they kind of saw that, hey, you know, this guy, he knows he knows CrossFit. He knows he's just not a photographer, but he also knows like there's some, you know, storytelling, what stories are out there. And um, when the games were over, Justin kept me around, like in terms of he kept me involved in those groups. Um, and I think because he wanted to pick my brain and, you know, he knew that I had a lot, a lot of knowledge of just not the sanctionals, but the games, but CrossFit in general. But I don't think he knew that I had an actual journalism background. So when, um, I actually applied for the senior managing editor position. They advertised. I didn't get the position, but but during the whole interview process, there was a lot of like assignments, like writing assignments, editing assignments, and um, I think Justin was really impressed by what I wrote. And when you know he personally contacted me and said, "Hey, you know, we're deciding to go another direction with somebody else, but um, I want to bring you on as a writer." He's like, "I greatly enjoy your writing. You know how to tell a story." Um, you know, you have a great knowledge of the sport. I want you definitely have a future with the morning Chaco. So as soon as you said that, I was like, well, you know, that's great because that's what I'm looking for. Um, so that that's turned into, it turned into where I'm at now, where I'm the games and sanctional uh, writer for the morning Chaco. So it, it's awesome. It's, it's so fun watching your journey through this um, from being a judge and just hanging out with you, um, behind the curtain at a at a regional event to now see, reading your articles every week. So where do you see um, this going, and what what does your what does your season look like? What are your next sanctionals that you're heading to? Well, um, I guess the first part of the question um, I'm seeing right now um, morning chalk up. It, it's grown so much just over the last year. It went from being just you know for previous two three years just a, uh, a a daily newsletter that people got emailed to them to whenever crossfit got rid of their hq department um or their me- uh, crossfit got rid of their media department we became almost the number one but well, we were the number one source of news because nothing was coming from the uh from hq so people were coming to the morning chaka and it's evolved to that point right now that it's growing, and this this year we we partnered with a lot of the sanctionals to be their official media partner. So we went from being a newsletter into basically a a media company. So, you know, where we're handling video, we're <coughs> excuse me, we were able to bring on additional staff um, and run it like a news source, a legit news source, which we are, um, but we're just covering CrossFit. And, um, and even from our end, even even from our end as a, as a consumer, you know, it was a daily email and now like that website is very robust, uh, searchable. You can, you know, I don't miss a morning. That's my first thing in the morning is I get up and I actually, I read the Bible a little bit first and then I read the morning chalk up every morning. And so I'm That's sure awesome. I'm sure CrossFitters across the country are doing something similar. Yeah, I mean I did before. I mean that's how I got introduced to the morning chocolate. That was my my morning routine. It was like I wake up, brush my teeth, you know, and 
you know, check my, check my, you know, I got that email and I'd read through it. And, um, and I mean, that's ultimately what the morning chocolate is, but it's expanding into more. And that's why we brought on more. I mean, um, it's, it's, you've, you'll see, it knows a lot of familiar names. I mean, Nikki, Tommy, um, you know, some of these people that Justin's been able to bring, bring in. And then we've also opened it up for op-ed. So we've had like Amanda Barnhart write for us. We've had other CrossFit Games athletes just, you know, give their opinions on the state of CrossFit or anything like that. And it's been great. And I think that's, that's a good thing about us. We were given not only the community, but the athletes and, you know, even sponsors a chance to kind of, you know, um, express themselves and talk about what they want to do or how they see the state, the state of the sport. Yeah, I, I completely um, agree. It's awesome. Yeah, so, so me, I'm just happy to be a part of it. It really is. I mean, you know, um, I, I'm, 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 I'm just, every morning I wake up and I'm just like, man, I'm, you know, I write for the morning chocolate. It's awesome. And I mean, I'm still grounded, but at the same time, because I get, I get, I get that a lot, especially from my, my judging. Uh, I call my judgmental friends, uh, the judging community. You know how they are. It's a really oh, yeah. close, close in the group, but they're just like, hey, you know, don't get big on us. I'm like, I'm not. I'm still me. I mean. This is who I was before I met all you guys. It's just now I'm I'm just doing it and getting paid for it and and you know it allows me the opportunity to do what I I, I was meant to do. And but I still I still I still love judging. I still miss it. Um, I I still you know I'm I'm, I'm hoping I that I get picked up to judge at Rogue. Um, I applied for you know the judge at Rogue and you know I'm hoping I get picked up for that um, because I do enjoy it. Um, you know I'm nonpartisan when it comes to judging. So, and everyone knows that. And I, 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 that's what I'm hoping. But, um, to answer that second part of your question about like my sanctional schedule, um, it was supposed to be pretty robust, but because of the military, some of my military obligations, some of my travels have been cut back. Um, I was supposed to go to Australia, um, CrossFit championship. That's one of our, um, our partners in terms of we're, we're their official media partner. I was supposed to go to that. And the following weekend, uh, I was asked, I was supposed to go to the Atlas Games in Montreal and then and then at, wrap up the travel at the West Coast Challenge in San Diego. But unfortunately, I have to go to Korea during that span for the military, um, which is a major bummer because those are all three places that, well, two of the three that I've never gone to. And the third one is a place, obviously, San Diego that I enjoy going to. But um, but um, there's some other travel after that. I, I'm. I'm, I'm trying, I'm probably going to go to the mid Atlantic, um, Asbury games in New Jersey, um, rogue, uh, hopefully the judge. Um, so I, I won't be going there at the morning chalk up capacity. I'd be going there strictly to judge. Um, what other sanctuals, uh, granite games, most of the, most of the ones that are going to be in the U S I'll, I'll probably go to, um, and maybe the Canada West games, but, um, we're also partnering. We're also the official media partner for the German Throwdown, but I don't think I'm going to go to that. I think we're going to send Justin and Tommy to that. And then um, we also are partnered with the Down Under back in Australia. So I'm hoping maybe I can go to that one. So I told Justin, hey, since I couldn't make this one, can I go there? Because I've never been to Australia as well, as I said before. So, But that's what my schedule looks like, uh, ultimately culminating at the games in Madison again. Well, I'm. I actually put my hat in the ring to judge it, Rogue, as well. So maybe I'll see you there oh, once we we hear oh, back. I hope so. And yeah, that'd be uh, awesome. I'd like to go to Mid Atlantic myself, um, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to go to Granite Games. 
uh, to hook up some, hook up with some people there that I know, um, and then of course finishing up with the games. So hopefully we'll see you on the road uh, in the upcoming months. Um, but I'm I sure wanna, we will. <laughs> I want to thank you um, a bunch for for taking some time and and telling us about your story. Um, there's a lot of details in there I did not know, so it was fun learning about it. And uh, thank you very much, and we wish you continued success with the Morning Chalk Up. Oh, no, I appreciate it. I think, you know, I want to thank you. I mean, um, it takes a lot to do a podcast. It takes a lot to do what you're doing. And, you know, you're, you're part of that community, too, where, a, you know, a podcast is anyone's podcast is putting that word out there, you know, spreading that word about community, you know, putting the word out there just not about the sport, but about all the good things people are doing. You're doing that, whether it be, you know, covering someone, someone like Catherine who, you know, gave up, you know, a six figure job to follow something she's doing to, you know, hanging out with uh, Christy Aramo, you know, it's, you're, you're covering, you're encompassing a lot of what we we're trying to do, what we do at the morning uh, chalk up as well is just covering the community, the sport, CrossFit in general, and you're doing a great job of it. And I, I wish you nothing but continue, continue success. Anything we can do to help out with, you know, we're all partners in this. We're all, we're all media, a media community as well. So thank you for that. And anything, you know, anything I can do or we can do, it'd be, it's let us know. I, I completely appreciate that. Um, I just love spreading the joy of CrossFit. You know, it's given me so much of my life. Um, sure. I just want to, fi- I just love telling people stories. And that's all I want this to be is, uh, finding out the stories behind why people do what they do. And uh, yours mm-hmm. has been a good one. So thank you very much. Well, well, you know, thank you. My journey hasn't ended just like your journey. I know you got to, you have goals for 2020 and I'm going to be following those and making sure, you know, along with those goals and, um, you know, you know, best of luck to you, best of luck to, you know, your, your future endeavors. Um, you know, um, I hope nothing but great things and for both of us and, you know, we'll see each other along the road here soon, sooner than later. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Patrick. We'll see you soon, man. All right. No problem, Scott. Take care. Well, I really enjoyed that interview with Patrick. You know, he's, he's been a good friend of mine and um, I was glad that he agreed to do the interview. I loved his story about the military uh, throwing ranks out when they go into the box. And yeah, that was fascinating. And so I hope you guys enjoyed that interview And so now we're going to talk about a little bit of news. Um, This weekend, we have our next sanctional. And we have a couple sanctionals in a row. And then I think they go till April, like the the third week of April. One week off. And then then all the way to July. And the one I'm looking forward to, Rogue. (laughs) You're biased because you live in Columbus. That's true. And I can just drive there and then drive home and sleep and come back. So this week is the Norwegian CrossFit Championships. Uh, if you've seen the videos, it is gorgeous. It's actually oh. at the top of a mountain. Yes. Uh, at a ski lodge. Um, and it, some of the like ski jump facilities are down the mountain. And uh, if you follow Nikki Brazier, who was on the show, um, if you follow Tommy Marquez, uh, they, they're taking pictures from the top of the mountain and all the different Olympic type uh, skiing event areas. Uh, so it's beautiful and the sunsets are breathtaking. Um, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, the field for this, this um, sanctional is not as deep as like strength and depth was. Right. Uh, or what Wadapalooza is going to be the, night, the week after that. Um, but there are some, there's a couple heavy hitters, uh, especially on the female side. Uh, Gabriella Magala, who finished second at strength and depth. Yeah. She's going to be there and she's probably the favorite to win. 
and 21 years old. Jeez. Former teen uh, CrossFitter and uh, came on the scene pretty pretty quick. And like with her and Haley Adams and Laura Horvath and all that young crew coming on, uh, she's going to be there. And then uh, Andrea Solberg, uh, she got the invite from uh, Filthy 150. Mm -hmm. She's there. So uh, look for her to be uh, in contention throughout the weekend. And then uh, Jackie Dahlstrom. Uh, she actually won two sanctionals last year. She's probably the person who won two sanctionals that you don't know a lot about. Yeah. Uh, I believe she won the Italian throwdown and one other one, uh, Reykjavik, the Reykjavik championships. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of a wide open field. I think Magala probably is the heavy favorite for this. Um, but I think this might be her third sanctional already this year. Uh, so we'll see if, you know, that wears down on her a little bit. Um, but there's also a bunch of team athletes that are going individual for this event to, to see kind of what they can do. Uh, so look for that. On the men's side, there's not as many names. Not um, as many heavy hitters. No. And so it's kind of a wide open field to see who's going to get that uh, that bid for the the games. Punch uh, their ticket. The, the early favorite, according to the Morning Chalk Up, is uh, Nikolai Billedel. Uh, he is the early favorite. He is the Norwegian national champion from last year. Um, he finished 40th in his first game's appearance last year. Uh, there's a pair of former teammates that are going to be going as well. Uh, Alexander Alibro and Victor Langsved. Uh, they led CrossFit uh, Eliath to an eighth place finish at the games last year. Um, but really what I think this one is is more of a regional feel. It's got that um, the European athletes to give them an opportunity um, to kind of compete on a, on a big stage that don't always get that. And in this gorgeous setting. Right. Um, and if you, you know, some more pictures for that is like uh, Team Richie. Team Richie's there. They, uh, they've been doing some videos, um, even going up the lift to the top of the mountain. And stuff like that. It's been pretty cool. So, yeah, I have to say that it's a it's a big, uh, drastic change, scenery change from the filthy one fifty. Yeah, I, th I think the filthy one fifty could have been pretty. Right, I it agree. Just, just rained the whole the particular dang time. time that it was. Yeah. yeah, and so there's there's like fresh powder if yeah. you like that in, on a ski resort, um, and it, it's really pretty. So, uh, that's the first news piece I want to talk about. The second news piece is uh, it was announced this week that three of the sanctionals are not going to live stream. Yeah, this is really disappointing for us. Yeah, and they and one of them is the Mid-Atlantic uh, CrossFit yeah. Championships, or the MAC as it's known, uh, the German Throwdown, and the Australian CrossFit Championships. The Australians? Come on. I know, your boy. I know. It, so, so why aren't they live streaming? So I think it's a matter of cost. Yeah. Um, and, and we actually interviewed somebody today where this actually gets into, um, a very lengthy discussion as to, uh, the pros and cons of having a paywall, uh, to live stream and whether or not it, if it's too expensive to pay for, do you go with a paywall? So people at least have an option. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you'll be hearing that next week when we release that interview, uh, it's a really good one, so please look out for that one. Um, but I think that's what it is. It's between $25,000 and $100,000 to do a live stream. Yeah. And some of these more regional type um, sure. sanctionals can't, they don't have it in the budget. 
but they do have the option to offer a paywall. Um, you know, Flow, Le- Flow Elite is doing Wadapalooza, Granite Games. They have a paywall. Um, and at least it's an option. Right. Right. Yeah. So so if you really want to see it, you can pay to see it rather than the sanctional paying for it, the consumers sure. paying for yeah, it. Yeah, especially if I had um, a friend or, or a family member who was competing, I would certainly, if I wasn't able to be there, that I would certainly want to pay um, to be able to watch them. Yeah, so that's that's really sad, and I hope that uh, there's some kind of rec- rectification for that uh, in the near future. And that's really all the news we have uh, for this week. So, what's your favorite thing from the internet? <laughs> well, my favorite thing from the internet this week is my boy Con. I don't know if you saw it, Scott. Con Porter. Con Porter. Um, he was doing, he had it on his, uh, posted on his Instagram story, but he was having a photo shoot for a uh, true protein and it was a speedo photo shoot. So that was, you know, I just was appreciating the art that was in front of me. Dang, I missed it. <laughs> so you should, you should go back and check it out. <laughs> so that was uh, my let, favorite. Let, let me get on that, on that right away. <laughs> uh, so my I'm not going to say my favorite thing from the internet this week, but something that really like touched me this week. So I like how I go with something that I thought, woo, something, you know, and, well, I'm, and I'm, you're going to go emotional here. I'm, I'm a thoughtful person. I, I, I'm a thoughtful person. Too. <laughs> I thoughtfully thought about, I appreciated this photo shoot. No, just kidding. Go ahead. I'm excited to hear. So yesterday in the morning chalk up, there was an article about Amy Van Dyken. And if you don't know who that is, she is a six-time Olympic gold medalist in swimming. And that it, uh, she is a legend in the sport. And for those of you who have not heard on previous episodes, I am a former swimmer, uh, and, I, and I competed at a pretty high level. Um, and so I watched, I still watch swimming, mm-hmm. especially during the like, Olympic time world championships, um, and I love the sport. Um, Amy Van Dyken was somebody that I really got into. I thought she was awesome. And, uh, she was a phenomenal swimmer in 2014. She was in an ATV accident and severed her spine. Oh my goodness. Um, and with that lost the use of her lower extremities, the, what the fascinating thing is, and this is where my two worlds collide Mm -hmm. is her roommate at the hospital was Kevin Ogre. (gasps) Stop. No way. Yeah, and so that was really awesome um, that uh, they were roommates, and she is now competing in the adaptive athlete category uh, with CrossFit, and I think it's called, uh, and please forgive me if I'm wrong, World of Wheels, and it's it's the world championship uh, in the adaptive CrossFit, Um, and they also do a big one at Wadapalooza too. Those are like the two big uh, competitions. Uh, she finished second in the world uh, last year. That's so cool. And she made the comment that she's used to gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she's going to come back and go after uh, a gold medal. And um, I got a little emotional yeah. with that because it's somebody that I followed since she was a like a teenager in the swimming uh, sport. And now 
uh, through tragedy has found something that she loves and can still compete and still compete uh, and take that on. She tried swimming after the accident, but it just didn't have the same meaning for her as it did when she was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, And this actually gave her more like, like a competitive piece. Um, And so I thought that was really awesome. And I just wanted to share that this week. That's great. So with that, that is our, our news and our stuff for the week. And we thank you for being with us. And we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and friends. Ciao. See ya. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and friends. We are available on all major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Please, if you liked what you just heard, hit that subscribe button and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends.